0: Hi, this is Megan Morris, and you are listening to Bob Nolly on Labrador Leadership. Nice. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Bob. right
1: everybody welcome back everybody come on in plenty of seats behave behave we have company today behave ladies and gentlemen we are in the middle of this whole little mini program here of introducing you to the coolest women in the rva and uh i'm very lucky to have this guest with me today she is uh my good bud suzanne rosenhammer how are you
2: I am doing great. How are you, Bob?
1: Okay. Uh, full disclosure here, you and I ran into each other socially uh, because of mutual contacts in the workplace, and we've kind of yes. kept up over the years. And, uh, you know, you you came to business in the, uh, in the IT world. I think that may not be where you started, but that's where I met you. So I just had the thought that that has really changed in a great way over the last decade or so and back in the golden era you know there was just this huge growth spurt and there were opportunities for contractors to come in and people to jump in the pool and find their niche whether it be analysts or pms or whatever and since then there's like a resurgence of that because organizations have gotten flatter and more efficient and some organizations have gotten bigger and you and i've worked in both of those so has that been your take on what the lay of the land looks like in the industry
2: Absolutely. I was just having this conversation this morning, talking about how I got my start because it, it wasn't it wasn't in, in IT. And right around the it was around the nineties, and there was this big surge, and it was like, all right, this is where this is where the hot new jobs are. And I jumped in, and it seemed to be a good fit. And then, yeah, it's 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 kind of a journey. And that's I think we're we're kind of coming full circle again to. Um, having another big influx and just a huge demand um, where I work, they really want to reinvent themselves as a tech company. And so doing tons of hiring and and it's another great place to, and time to jump into the industry.
1: Yeah. That's been so evident when, uh, when you jumped in, was it just uh, look at the money is good or did you see this as, wow, this is my dream job. I could do this forever.
2: (laughs) That's a great question. I, I think I got really, really lucky, honestly. I I think I was looking at it in terms of long-term career growth and money and job opportunities. And I, I would love to say that I knew that it would be a good kind of niche place for me. I don't think I knew that at that time, but it just turned out that it was exactly the right place for me.
1: Well, that's good. Uh, did you did you come in in an analytical role, a developer role, or did you come in as a PM
2: let me think. That's <laughs> yeah, a trick I question. Into, there is, well, yeah. So I was, so I, I was in operations. I was in operations, um, which was radically different. I. Thought I wanted to do something a little bit more analytical. And again, because of the growth at that time, I, uh, I, I'm i super transparent about this. I was hired into a job in which I was in no way qualified. Uh, the title at that time was MIS analyst. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Um, but I was really, really lucky. They, they gave me a chance and I had great people around me to bring me up to speed. And I did that for a couple of years. And then I thought I should... Uh, I should really jump into unqualified territory, and I became a data warehouse consultant for about four years, and that's really where I learned a lot and saw a lot of different industries and a lot of what was going on out in the, um, it was all in Richmond, so I got a really good view of all the different companies in Richmond and what they were doing technology-wise.
1: So that, that's really common. I think that MIS analyst job is still there, except it's called a uh, Cloud Integrator or uh, oh. <laughs> AWS Data Specialist or something like that.
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. Yes. Because it
1: all comes around again. So where where did uh, where did the opportunity come for you? Were you still, uh, you ran into your first team lead or, uh, you know, functional manager responsibility?
2: Mm-hmm. I think it was a natural progression. I think um, I got to a point where I was comfortable enough. Um, you know, when, when I was a consultant, we went in as a team and I... What I think I brought to the team was a strong mix of uh, business background because I had the operations and enough of the tech at that point, and so I think I provided sort of a unique perspective on the team and really could help. It, it naturally fell into a leadership position, um, and then when I was done with consulting and I went back to big corporate world, um, it, it just you know I had I had a nice foundation of a lot of different mix of experience. And so it just made sense to, to start leading teams and especially more junior teams as they were coming up in their careers.
1: That's a, that's a great thing. And that, that metaphor kind of happens a lot. And lots of times it's not as successful because people are technically successful in their job. they created success. They achieve some results and everybody's going, wow, they look great. And they go, here's a team.
2: Oh, that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> and you go,
1: what? And, I, I, and people are calling you for time <laughs> off. There's problems you have to address. Uh, any big headaches for you when you first took that on?
2: I think I think for a lot of people, there is, and, and you, you described it exactly right. There are people who are really good at their jobs. And so, it, you know, let's say they're they're really good at one particular technology. And so you say, oh my gosh, they're so good. And they've been here a while. They should really lead a team leading a team and being technically savvy are completely different skill sets. And I think that, and I'm only going to speak for myself, but I think a lot of people feel like this, you get put into a leadership position and you immediately set a lot of unrealistic expectations for yourself around, I should know everything and I should have every answer and I should, and that is, that is just asking for (laughs) failure. Um, I think it's so important to realize that you're a team for a reason. This is something that's, that I, I really keep in mind every day. I don't care what level I am. And if somebody is three levels below me or three levels uh, you know, beyond me – Everybody is bringing something unique. I am not trying to make the decisions for everybody on the team. It is a team effort. Everybody is bringing their unique skill sets and perspectives, and that is what makes a good team.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the quicker one realizes it, the more uh, the more successful they can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the leadership development role, uh, companies were, uh, during that expansion t- in the distant past, were often willing to toss a big budget at leadership development. You know uh, at in the in the manner of like you know tens of thousands per head, uh-huh. and because the growth was so great, and I think they still recognize the importance of leadership development but the budget's not there. In economic tough times, that uh, T&D, that training and development budget that's sitting out there on that little block in the org chart is just too easy a reduction. It's too easy to snip that off. So organizations are trying to solve how they get this development done. And lots of times it's in much smaller groups, it's much lower budget, and lots of times it's self-help. How have you approached that throughout your career?
2: yeah and that's again, you nailed it. There was a time when it was every conference, and let's go to Vegas for the week and I think that's let's go to Vegas right what happens are, are in are vegas over. yeah <laughs> exactly exactly and I, and i hey, I appreciate those times um i i I am very, very fortunate that I work with amazingly smart and talented people, and I'm also at a big company, so uh, there, there's really two ways that, that I solve for that. I um, I think it's incredibly important to seek out mentors. Um, you know, you go several levels higher. You you look to people who you really admire, and we the culture that I'm in right now is very open to that. So I, I seek out mentors. I also, um, and again, this I was just having this conversation this morning because we were talking about how much hiring is happening in the tech industry and all of these recent college graduates. So it it kind of goes both ways. I seek out mentors to help me with my personal development, but I also um, mentor a group of five recent college graduates. And um, because I think it's so important to give them the right start. We, we, you know, you put so much time and money into recruiting and bringing these people in. And if you're not giving them the proper care and feeding as they go along, they could disappear on you really quickly, um, which defeats the whole purpose. So I think, and, and, you know, I conferences are great, leadership development programs are great, but I, I personally feel like I get the most out of these one on one relationships that I build here at where I work and also outside of the company.
1: Sure, sure. They're much more richer and they, they can last they can last a long time. You mentioned mentoring. Uh you know, I often differentiate between mentoring and coaching. Mentoring is somebody that's in your organization that has walked a mile on your shoes, so to speak, and they don't prescribe so much as to tell you here is my experience and here's what worked for me mm-hmm. whereas a coach is somebody that comes from the outside and observes you and suggests things and helps you discern that growth path and pushes you forward which one would you rather have at this point in your career
2: i think hmm good question
1: that's why i'm here that's the only reason i'm here actually <laughs>
2: I, I really so, – so to take another step on that, right? A mentor, I think, in, in that example and the definition you gave, is you know, somebody in the organization, somebody that knows that might be – that has already faced and overcome some obstacles. So it's, it's kind of that day-to-day BAU, how do I just functionally do my job better? When I think about a coach – um, you're right it is it is maybe somebody from the outside. I think about a coach as you know when I let's say I really want to push for the next level at the organization that's where I think a coach is more important in terms of um, what, what is your personal brand what is your presence when you walk in a room what are, what are what are you seeing from a truly outsider perspective on your leadership skills? I it is it is more important for me to really be, Doing my job as well as I possibly can. I really value mentors. I did have a sort of um, informal coaching relationship with somebody outside of the company, and she was really, really good. Um, but you kind of have to know the culture that you're working in. I think that's really critical to understand how you maneuver. Every company is so different. Where I work is very, very consensus-really, or consensus-building type of relationships. Um, it's not going to be helpful for me to take coaching from somebody who's coming from an environment where it's not a flat structure, where it is very take your orders and run with it. Um, So you you have to be careful about integrating that, taking advice from somebody who may not understand the culture.
1: That's right. I I think uh, the best coach that might come in from the outside is somebody that can ask you the questions to help you not discover, but refine your outlook on what the culture is that you're already living and working in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I've made the suggestion and I've actually, you know, worked with a few people where I've said for your up and comers now that you can't spend $10,000 each on a, a development program for them. Just buy them a coach, which is available much more effectively, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And instead of giving them a wrapped up box of uh, chocolates for the holidays, say, I'm buying you a coach. <laughs> you know, the next, in the next year, in 2020, you're going to get a coach. And here's what it looks like. And, you know, if somebody did that to me, I'd, I'd, my chest would puff up and I'd sit up straight and I'd go, wow, thanks a lot.
2: Completely agree. Yes. Yeah. Down with chocolate. Yeah. More coaches.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's not all in the workplace. Uh, thank you so much for that insight. Uh, the other thing that I'm following very closely with you and your work, of course, is your photography, I mean, you're out on Instagram and you could share that with folks if you want. I don't know why you wouldn't want to. But some of the pictures you take of our hometown, at least my hometown, the town we both live in now, the RVA, are just so contextually rich and, of course, so beautiful. And, you know, sometimes sometimes people uh, look at a picture of an autumn leaf floating in a little puddle or a little stream or something and go, that's beautiful. That makes me feel like fall. Well, you know, it's like the pumpkin spice latte. That's a cup of, a cup of autumn right there. And uh, But they don't realize people have to get in their jeans, on their knees, in a puddle with the camera. And they're trying to hold up, getting their elbow wet. So your, your work is just beautiful. Tell, tell me how you got started there.
2: Uh, thank you. Number one, that's very kind of you to say it's, it's, um, a hobby that I really enjoy. I, you know, I think it's my daughter. I have a nine-year-old, I'm a single mom of a nine-year-old and she has been from day one, my, my model and my muse. Um, so I think I, I really want to capture all the stages of her life. So you see a lot of her on my account. Um, but I also I love Richmond. I love 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 the city. You leave so, you leave me with
1: the feeling, you know, every street and every cool corner and every alley it, it's just it's just very coming back home every time I look
2: there's, there's nothing I love more than just going out, wandering with the camera to see what is out there. I, I, would, I would love to say I know all the streets. I absolutely don't. And I was often wonder, what happens when I actually do know all the streets? Where I'm do I going to have to move at that point, but it hasn't happened so far.
1: So are, are you thinking about pulling those together and publishing them somehow? I guess, you know, in the, in the digital world, you are publishing them on Instagram when you put them out there. But, you know, are you thinking of, you know, doing the coffee table book that you could sell for Christmas?
2: I, I had not thought about that. I had not thought about that. Really, at this point, it's just something that that I enjoy. It's something that, you know, between working full-time, being a full-time single mom, trying to have a life... It, I want a hobby, but it's, it's nice cause it fits in, um, fits in nicely with my schedule and then I can kind of walk away and do everything else I need to do. So that's the most yeah, important part of it all.
1: That's the most important part of it all. So share with us just one or two more things. What is the uh, last fiction book you read?
2: Oh, um, how to get filthy rich in rising Asia. And I highly recommend it. It is so well-written. It is, it is framed up like it is a self-help book, but it's, it's fiction excellent highly recommend
1: oh excellent okay we'll put that in the show notes and uh what's the last piece of music you listen to on your phone that made you jump up out of your chair
2: oh bob i'm a big nerd <laughs>
1: <laughs> go ahead and say it is it the monkeys is it something like that <laughs>
2: It's so much worse. <laughs> I love pop music. I love cheesy pop music. I love Miley Cyrus. I love Britney Spears. I love all of that stuff. Taylor Swift, bring it on! Yeah, sure, sure. Know, her her Cap One so cool.
1: commercials are now getting everybody up out of their chairs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So don't don't no need to feel nerdy about that. It's all good. I mean, that's what music's supposed to do. It's move us. Uh, Suzanne, this has been an absolute delight talking to you this morning. Uh, if folks want to see your photographs or reach out to you and learn more about you, where should they find you?
2: Yeah, I am on Instagram. My account is public, so feel free to follow or check it out. It is Suzanne RBA.
1: And I fully recommend everybody do that. Uh, Suzanne, thank you very much for being here. And of course, now that you've been on, you have been achieving the automatic promotion to co-host. So you could come back anytime and we could chat about <laughs> anything we want soon.
0: Thank you. This has been so fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining the Labrador Leadership Podcast today. And many, many thanks to my dear friend Suzanne Rosenhammer for joining us and uh, giving us her take on the workplace in the IT world and on the RVA. Remember the important thing take care of each other.